preparation for today's message, we shall be reading from the book of Exodus, chapter 16, verses 1 to 7. Then they set out from Elim, and all the congregation of the sons of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elim and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after their departure from the land of Egypt. The whole congregation of the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The sons of Israel said to them, Would that had we, we had died by the Lord's hand in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the pots of meat, when we ate bread to the full, for you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day, that I may test them, whether or not they will walk in my instruction. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather daily. So Moses and Aaron said to all the sons of Israel, At evening you will know that the Lord has brought you out of the land of Egypt, and in the morning you will see the glory of the Lord, for he hears your grumblings against the Lord. And what are we that you grumble against us? Praise God for the reading of his word. You may now be seated. So, Bread from Heaven is the title for, for, uh, for this sermon. Actually, I think I heard of a church named Bread from Heaven. And there's a more popular bread of life. And uh, uh, many have used bread and, uh, for, their, for, their, uh, for their church name. Okay? So just to backtrack a bit, what happened is, well, since chapter 1, God has intended to bless Israel because he had a higher purpose. So God blessed Israel in many ways, okay? In many ways. So if you remember, he parted the Red Sea. He opened the Red Sea. That is an amazing miracle. I could imagine if I were there and I would see a sea or more uh, accurately known as the Sea of Reeds rather than the Red Sea. The Sea of Reeds open up and I could walk on dry land. That would be amazing. So God parted the Red Sea. It was an amazing miracle. He defeated the Egyptian army. The Egyptian army was defeated, and he turned the bitter waters of Mara into sweet waters. Mara, bitter water into sweet waters. God provided a resting place for his people at Elim with 12 springs of water and 70 date palms to give them shade. God has blessed them in so many ways. Miracle after miracle after miracle. The impossible becoming possible with God. Thus you hear what is impossible for man is possible for God. Nothing is impossible for God. But when the Israelites felt hunger from Elim and they were three day, several days in the wilderness, they got hungry. And during their travel in the wilderness, they grumbled and verbalized their fear of death. They said, did you bring us here to die? They were hungry. 
they have quickly forgotten the mighty acts of the Lord. Sometimes we are like that, impatient, impatient. And, uh, well, some of us are like this. When we're hungry, we're angry, right? Doesn't it sound like one of us in the family? In fact, there's a word for that now. I'm hangry. So I'm angry and hungry put together. They're hangry. So... Yes, and some of us are not really physically well. That's why when we get hungry, we sweat cold sweat, right? It's really cold. It means there's something wrong with your system. Go to a doctor or, or eat healthy. So let me share to you several things about what happened here. It's just one to seven verses, but then the theme would be recurring throughout the whole chapter. But I decided to, to set the first seven verses apart and then continue on to see what happens later on. Yet I will also tell you what happened in the next few chapters. So the num number one, the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron. So it's Moses and Aaron, their brothers. They accused the brothers of bringing Israel to the wilderness to die and even compared their present hunger to the pots of meat and bread in Egypt. Like I mentioned to you, although they were slaves, they were well fed. That's why they didn't want to leave. Some of them didn't want to leave. And while on the way to their promised land, they were still thinking, is this wrong that we left? So pots of meat, bread, they were slaves, but they could eat and they have shelter. Now they don't have shelter. They walked, they were traveling, they were hungry, and they were thirsty. The Israelites anticipated the worst of what could happen. The worst. The worst was, are we going to die here? Did you bring us here to die? And I'd like to point out to you that, yes, try to imagine. Sometimes we are this. We imagine the worst before it happens. And sometimes we even verbalize it. We verbalize it. We verbalize it to our spouse to our parents, to our children. We think of the worst possible thing that can happen and we say it. Is that somewhat true? Oh, baka mag-ulcer ka na yan. We think of the worst. Hindi ka mag-ingat, patay. I've heard that before. We think of the worst. Husband late coming home, may kasama na sigurong babae. We think of the worst. Sometimes we imagine that. And uh, that was what was happening with them. They were traveling in the wilderness and they were thinking of the worst that could happen. But if you look at the text, it's the whole congregation. It's the whole. It's, it was everyone. Accusing Moses and Aaron. It was everyone. So I say to you, discontent can spread and it can spread very fast. That's why we watch discontent and we address it quickly. Why are you grumbling? Why are you complaining? Because there's no food. We are hungry. Are we going to die? So I encourage you, brothers and sisters, when you hear a discontent, try to shield your own mind and emotion from it. Why? Don't waste your emotions. Can you say it with me? Don't waste my emotions. Don't waste my emotions. 
Well, you tell yourself that. Don't waste it. Why become angry if there is no basis? If it is just gossip you heard, or if it's the assumption of the worst, why affect your emotions? Why not step back and just pray and observe? Okay, what will happen? Let's see. You have no proof and you feel it already? Try not to feel. Brothers, sisters, try to divert your thinking. Otherwise, you will be replaying a scenario that hasn't happened. And if ever there is a scenario in your mind of a possible worse, what's the best thing to do? It is to plan. To plan properly. To talk about it. I am concerned sometimes when my children love to eat junk food. They don't do that always, but there's a season when they're always out with their friends. It becomes a concern for me. So I don't say, you're going to die because of that junk food. I tell them, did you know that high blood pressure is now happening to teens and early 20s? That was unheard of before because the food you eat now was not available to, the, to us before. Before, our junk food was isau, right? Uh, our junk food was fish balls. It's not the abundance of chips. It's not the abundance of, of, of sweet chocolate. Dark chocolate, by the way, is good for the health. Minimal sugar, okay? But with a lot of sugar and milk, uh, it is not good. I am concerned. So what do I do instead? I tell my wife, Start juicing again and let them drink the juices. And I tell them, please counteract what you eat and don't do that every day. So I'd rather plan rather than imagine the worst. I tell them this could be the worst, but you can prevent that by just doing this, all right? 23 years old, stroke, somebody I know. It's hard to imagine that this is happening to a 23-year-old guy. Why? Again, because of the food, because of the Tetra Packs, and because of so many things. And that now includes vaping, right? Why? There is this, this desire for young people to be cool, right? There's a deep desire to be liked, to be admired. Some of us still have that because we think like little kids. Uh, but children have that sense that it's a popularity contest and they should be popular and everybody else is not and that's a very strong temptation at a certain age that's why we have to value them and you young people should value yourself in christ in christ sometimes we want the applaud of men so that we feel satisfied. I tell you, that will never be satisfied in this life. Ever. Ever. Well, as I was meditating the three points, I could not help but imagine a few anecdotes and one true story. And I hope you don't mind that because I remembered something funny about this, about people listening to others and they speak out what others are speaking. They're parroting. Some people may perhaps in, in the congregation of Israel, some people maybe, maybe, it's impossible that no one would say, God is amazing. He did these so many things. And then when somebody got hungry and started complaining, probably they were saying the same things. They now share the same fear. They were parroting what others said. I hope they would parrot what God said, but instead of, of doing, saying what God said, they would say what others said. Don't. Don't be a parrot 
and one do not be irritated because others are just parrots. They repeat what others say, but they don't have a mind of their own. Point number two, the Lord told Moses that he would provide bread. So the Israelites complained and he told Moses that he would provide bread from heaven in the morning. The people should collect only what they need, what they needed for the day. The sixth day they should collect double because of the, in the Sabbath they should not be working. God said, I would test them if they will follow my instructions. Take note, we discover something about God here. He gives us instructions and he watches us if we will follow them. Remember that. God gives us the Bible. God gives you preachers to preach, to echo his word, to see if each one of us would follow his instructions. But the beautiful thing about God I saw as well is despite their grumbling and despite expecting the worst of God's plan, God would assure them of his provisions. God is a good God, friends. Despite Israel grumbling and complaining, God said, I will provide. Sounds like me, sounds like you. That sometimes we complain about a lot of things, but God will still provide. Why does he provide? Because he has a higher purpose. What's the higher purpose? He promised Abraham that he would be a father of many nations. He told Eve that his, her seed will crush the serpent's head. He mentioned about a Messiah through the prophets in the Old Testament would be born to deliver Israel. And that Messiah would be Jesus Christ, born at the right time. But before he would be born, God would nurture a race. God would nurture a people, a nation. Because God is faithful to his purpose. He provided. And if God still provides for us, it is because he has a higher purpose. Higher than providing for us, yes. He has a higher purpose. Some preach that, that we are the center of the universe. That if we ask God, he should give it. He has no choice. Some preach that. Crazy. Those who, understand, who do not understand the sovereignty of God, who do not understand the fear of God, will pray like that. Part of the teaching. Just name it and claim it, and he has no choice but to give it to you. Scary. December 2, we'll offer you a film showing here. And if you can come December 2, 6 p.m., just bring a little food to share. And I will offer something to you from uh, a good movie, a two-hour movie about what the true gospel is. And an expose of this gospel, this false gospel that is spreading. That's why I encourage you to study the scriptures because we understand who God is. God is not a divine vending machine that if you do the right things, put, press the right buttons, and what you need comes out. That is not how it works. It works on the higher purpose. God has a higher purpose. He will fulfill that. That is consistent in Scripture. That's why sometimes He provides and sometimes He does not. That's why sometimes He saves us and sometimes He allows some of us to be martyrs and die. Because of the higher purpose. Not because we are the center of the world. Because of a higher purpose. So my friends, my encouragement for you is God has a higher purpose. God still provides. Right? God said, I will test them if they will follow my instructions. 
You will find out later that not everybody will follow. Some will get more than what they needed because greed comes in. We try to get more than what we need. And said, on the sixth day, get more, more so on, because on the seventh day, there will be no bread. And some of them would still come out on the seventh to see if there was bread. They wouldn't listen. Some of them would not. They would not follow instructions. And I realize that we as humans are stubborn and sometimes we don't like instructions, right? Yeah, we don't like instructions and we don't like the, the penalty of not following instructions. Like before when we were starting the prayer meeting here every second and fourth. I do invite you to come with us and pray with us second and fourth. And uh, before I started, please pray together. Twos or threes, pray with one another. Some would gather in fours or fives. Not listening to me. So what would happen? What's the impact? We will wait for them to finish. And it would be so long because there were four or five of them. But we only have one R in the prayer meeting. It's only six to seven. Then we would wait long and they will drag us down. Sometimes it pays to listen to simple instruction. Two or three. Now they're following it. Now we save time. Now we get to finish the prayer meeting properly. So let me tell you another story of a parrot, if you don't mind. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. When I was meditating, all these parrot stories came to my mind. I didn't mean it. It just happened just today, this morning. When I woke up and I was meditating on the sermon, and all these parrot stories came to me, and I think I should share them to you. So, so there, there was this landlord who, who takes care of the of 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 the laundry, uh, the, he, the laundry of, of his tenants. He gets extra income for the laundry. So he invested in several uh, laundry, what do you call that? Washing machines, washing machines. So he invested in a few washing machines and one of them broke. And because one of them broke, his system was affected in terms of finishing on time. So he called the repairman and said, please come uh, to my house and uh, go to the area where I uh, the washing machines are. You installed them so you would know where they are. And by the way, there's a scary dog there. I have a Rottweiler. A Rottweiler, by the way, friends, has the strongest bite, stronger than a pit bull. It has a 300-pound bite. But he said, the Rottweiler is nothing. He won't mind you. But never, ever talk to the parrot. Ever. So he came in and said, I left my key under the, the mat in front of the door. Get the key open and fix the dishwasher, uh, I mean the, the washing machine. So he came to that place and the parrot began talking to him, calling him really bad names. <laughs> Called saying how ugly he was. And, uh, parrot, bad stuff that, that, that he overheard his master who loves to curse. And he began cursing this man repairing the dishwasher. Uh, the dishwasher, the, the washing machine. So as he was finishing the washing machine, he tried with all patience not to talk to the parrot because, because his client said, don't talk to the parrot. You see, the Rottweiler was there and was just watching and not really minding him. And then when he was finished, just about leaving that area, he couldn't help it. But he said something really bad to the parrot. And he said, you're really blank. And the parrot said, get him, boy. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, 
follow God's instructions, otherwise you'll get bitten by a Rottweiler. Uh, so, and lastly, Moses and Aaron, after hearing these complaints, spoke God's word to Israel. So instead of getting irritated by, by these, these parrots, discontent people, they spoke God's word to Israel and said, uh, this is what God said, bread from heaven will come. This is what God said, that he heard your grumblings and complainings, and uh, tomorrow you will see the glory of God, and you will realize, and he, perhaps he was hoping, finally you will realize what God did for you, how great God is. And he said that you're not grumbling against us, not me and my brother. You are grumbling against God. That's why I make it my policy not to grumble against people. Because in effect, I might be grumbling against God. I'd rather repair the situation, create a plan, solve the situation, create a dialogue rather than be quiet and grumble. I remember a good friend of mine. He's a business partner. He said... Uh, Pastor, I want you to be my business partner. But when we do business, he's Chinese. And he said, I want to do business like the Jew. I said, what do you mean? When we meet, if we need to disagree, we disagree. If we need to fight, when we fight, we fight here. But when we go out there, we do the same thing. What we agree on, we agree on. And he said, let's not do it like the Chinese. So I was curious, what do you mean like the Chinese? It was actually similar to what Filipinos do. In front, they would say, ah, okay, okay. Okay, very nice, very nice. And after that, bad idea. You know? <laughs> uh, sometimes we're like that. When we're in front, we're courteous to one another. But when we're, we're no longer there, I don't agree with them. And we say all the nasty things instead of putting it in front. So instead of grumbling, brothers and sisters, let us talk with one another. Let us discuss with one another. Let us grow up together in Christ. Grumbling this does not help. So I'd rather have a meeting with my wife. I say, can we meet 2 o'clock? It's an official meeting. And that means we have pen and paper. And we're going to meet about things that are happening. But we're looking for a solution. We were, we're not going to blame one another. We will just look for the solution. Okay, it doesn't matter whose fault it is first. First, this is the problem. What do we do with the problem? Okay? Then later on, you can talk about whose fault it is. But after you have a solution, it doesn't matter anymore. What matters is, can we not do this again so we avoid this mistake? So that becomes now, uh, uh, it's better to talk that way rather than, right? And we tell people about, yeah, it's rhythmical. Some of you grumble, it's rhythmical. I can hear it. So uh, it's almost like not music to me, but it is still a cacophony. But if you try to hear yourself grumble about so many things in the world, I, I think you'll have a bad heart, right? You'll have a bad heart if you grumble a lot. But if you say, oh, okay, God's will be done. If that happened, Lord, I trust you because this happened. Lord, as you open the Red Sea, Lord. In my position now, I have nowhere to go with this problem. So, Lord, open my Red Sea. I will just have to trust you. And if you want the Egyptians to kill me, it's up to you, Lord. But I'm praying not. <laughs> uh, 
So he's saying, you're not complaining to me, you're complaining against God. You know, one thing I like about Moses at this time, he's not yet irritated. But in the latter chapters, he will be. <laughs> Poor guy. So he was like the hero of Egypt. But he's the one who gets the most complaints. Uh, so I remember this story of a parrot once again. <laughs> now this is a true story. This is a true story. And this is my true landlord when I was in college. So there's this compound. There's this compound. And, and when you enter the compound, there are a lot of houses left and right. And only uh, motorbikes and maybe uh, uh, a car can fit in, but it's very tight. So usually people walk and, and motorcycles go in. It's a compound of one family, and they have decided to rent it out to students. I was a student, and we have this group called UP Students for Christ. Uh, right now, it's UP Students of Destiny. So we would rent uh, a place, and the other brothers and sisters would rent the, uh, the next few doors, and we would, we would enjoy ourselves there. However, uh, this landlord of ours has a parrot. And somehow he has trained his parrot to say only two things. Okay, one is pogi. Pogi means handsome. Another is pangit. So <laughs> just do pangit is ugly. Yeah. So <laughs> so sometimes a parrot wouldn't speak, but sometimes it would. So I it never spoke to me ever, but maybe he was scared of my size. I don't know. But but the others, the other friends of ours told parrot stories. So there was one who was severely affected by it because when she was walking, the parrot said, Pangit! <laughs> and she reacted and said, Pangit ka din! <laughs> I mean, how would a parrot understand you? Maybe he did. Uh, but then it affected her day. But then there's another brother who didn't really mind because he just he was concerned about the exam. And he was just walking. And, and this, this parrot said, Pangit, which is ugly, Pangit! And he just looked. It's a parrot. <laughs> then he kept walking. A parrot wanted a response. And said, Pangit! <laughs> and then he kept walking, still ignoring. And when he was very far, he still heard it. One last time, Pangit! <laughs> so, so <laughs> true story, okay? <laughs> true story. Uh, yeah, there were pogi stories, and, uh, and they were happy. Uh, <laughs> now, please don't get any ideas. You might buy a parrot and train the parrot. Uh, it, it's not always healthy. So let, let's go to the application. You see, the Israelites grumbled against Moses not because they were hungry. They did not appreciate the power of God that can provide. So not everybody even appreciates the salvation in Christ. Christ save us through faith and repentance, not by works. Works is a product. Good works is a product because we have a relationship with Jesus. You do not earn that relationship. You do not earn a passage to heaven by piling up your good works. People got it reversed. It is having that relationship, trusting him, having faith, ha repenting of our sins, and believing in what he did. Now that relationship begins. And because you have a relationship with him, that is why we do good works. Because we want to please him. It's not like I'll, I'll do a lot of good things for this company and hopefully they will accept me. No, no, no. You get accepted. When you get accepted, that's why the time you have to work for the company. It, it's not a, the analogy is far, but it's something like that. 
It's when you have first this relationship, that's why the good works flow from you. Not earning your good works and hopefully I will be accepted by Jesus. That is wrong. Some do not appreciate that. They already have this relationship. But when problems arise, some people would rather grumble and expect the worst. Now that you are in Christ, you will be tested. Everybody is tested. Now you will be tested and some of us will grumble and expect the worst. Rather than hoping, still hoping for the best. Praying for the best. Hoping for the best. Not the best in the person, not that first. The best in his plan. Sometimes God uses the problems around us, the people around, it, around us to test us. To test how we would respond. If we would respond grumbling or in faith. So if somebody says negative things about you, you just say, thank you, Lord, for this trial. Thank you, Lord, I trust you. If this is true, shape me. If this is not true, teach me to be strong, not to be affected by words. Words are powerful, but if you learn not to be affected by words in a negative way, because words can affect you, can control you if you allow it. But I say, do not. That's why when we grow in faith, we grow stronger on the inside. It doesn't easily affect us anymore. So, brothers and sisters, let us have faith. Let us trust God. Let us remember his past deeds to us. And even in history, in the Bible, what did he do? And let us thank God for what he did before. If he has blessed you before, remember that. Anchor on that. Don't anchor on the problem in front. The problem in front, we still have to solve. But we cannot solve it well with a bad heart. If you want to solve it, then solve it. Stop blaming. Blame later or don't blame at all. Solve the problem. Analyze it. But the emotions would want to respond with first with anger and fear and hatred. Sometimes that's the first thing. But if we trust God, we will say, okay, Lord, this is another problem. I will trust you. Uh, this is another opportunity for me to see how you will move. This is another opportunity for me to see your miracle in my life. God has answered so many prayers that I have prayed for, and I praise God for that. So the next problem should not be different. The next problem should not depress me. The next problem should not bring me down. The next problem should not make me blame others. The next problem is just another stepping stone. Just another tool of God to show me His glory. Number two, God will fulfill His purpose in Christ. Despite our shortcomings... He continues to provide for our needs. Even if Israel grumbled and complained, God still provided bread from heaven despite our shortcomings. Can somebody say, God is good? I praise God for that because I'm not perfect and you are not perfect. And none of us here is perfect despite our shortcomings. I praise God in the God who provides for us. But remember this. The testing of our faith is an ongoing process. After one test, you'll rest for a while, and then you'll have another one. It's just like a never-ending school. Some of you finished high school. Oh, I'm finished. No, you're beginning another one. 
and some of you finish college and you think it's the end, uh, then you, you end up in a government institution that only promotes you when you have your master's or your, or your doctoral or PhD. The truth is it should never be ending. Learning should never end. The same where trials do not end because that is the best place to learn. Here's about human nature and here's about how God made us. Remember this, you remember more the traumatic situations in life, correct? Don't you agree? If I ask you one bad thing, you can come up with at least one. You know how I know every time when we have a growth group, can you share the blessing? Some of them could not. They look for a blessing. Some of them do not look for a blessing because they say the same thing. I'm happy I'm alive today. That is a blessing. It's a blessing that you're here today. Isn't that a blessing? Yes, you're alive and you're breathing and you're awake. Not everybody wakes up. <clears throat> that is a blessing. So I say we will be tested always. So I encourage you, get used to it. All right? Get used to it. But don't let your emotions be driven by the waves of the sea wherever the wind pleases. Do not allow your emotions to be turbulent. Always turbulent. Because when you're all, always turbulent, you're not fun being with. Don't you know that? If you're always turbulent, it's not good to have coffee with you, right? Uh, well, forgive me for saying this. It's not even good to drink with you because you're so turbulent, but I do not encourage getting drunk. Uh, you're no fun because you always see the worst in many things. So I encourage you, see the goodness of God. And if you see a trial, see the goodness of God in the trial. There are times God allowed me to, be, to fail, but then when I prayed, it was because he was opening another door. Because sometimes we are so insistent. This is what I want. This is my dream. But God knows best. Do you trust that he knows better than you? I trust his wisdom more than mine. The Bible said his ways are higher than my ways. Than our ways. His mind is not our mind. It's infinite. Our mind is limited. So if something succeeds, it is because of God's wisdom. If something fails, I trust God as well and if I God leads me to make a decision that is conservative meaning I'd rather not have the rewards as long as I'm grounded in the truth I will trust him so we will be tested by faith we should obey his commands in Christ by faith please we are being tested even right now and number three when people grumble and complain against God we should share God's word to them our hope through through the preaching of his word, even this morning, is that people would realize that salvation is in Christ alone. Can everybody say in Christ alone? Christ. Not religion, not religion, not this group, but in Christ alone, the person Christ, God Christ, Christ, who is God and man, 100% God and man, one of, a person of God. In Christ, a relationship by repenting of our sins and having faith in his words, there is salvation in Christ alone. The Bible did say there is no other name, no other name that men may be saved. Acts 4.12, no other name except the name through Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the Father except through me. No one. 
except through me. No other one. Not St. Paul, not St. Peter. Some think St. Peter guards the gates of heaven. Where did that come from? And he's got a chicken with him, right? They're supposed to be the chicken who crowed when he denied Christ. He seemed like he took it and took care of that chicken to remind himself. That is not in the Bible. We honor Mary in so many ways. Yet, Jesus said, except through me, salvation comes through me, through him alone. And that is what the Bible says. Our prayer is that people would understand the glory of his grace. Friends, if people complain about life, share Jesus Christ to them. When the people complained, Moses and Aaron preached God's word to them. What did God say? They just repeated it. I say to you, tell them, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to him, to God the Father, except through Christ. Jesus said, he who has seen me has seen the Father. So we come through Christ. And through Christ alone. And how do we come there? Through that to start that relationship. Make a decision to turn away from your sins. Which is repentance. Change your mind and believe in every word he says. Now you believe him more than you believe yourself. You believe him more than anybody else. That is the faith that saves. Let us pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done over the people here who listen. And I pray that we come to this relationship in Christ. That it is not good works that we will not earn. We cannot. It is impossible to earn our way to heaven because of our sins. And because that is not your way that you have showed in scripture. And the only way is through Christ. And if we have that relationship through faith, teach us to believe with all our hearts, not passive belief. Not believe in a religion, not believe in people, but Christ alone. Teach us to have that faith in Christ. And then teach us that as we have believed in Christ, we obey him. And that is where works comes in after that decision to follow Christ. Lord, we thank you for the salvation that is in Christ. Teach us not to complain about life, but to trust in your higher purpose. To trust in your plan. And we submit ourselves to your plan, Lord. Let us all rise. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of His Spirit be with you all. May you be strengthened in the name of Jesus. And may the Holy Spirit guide you in all your decisions. And may all of us be grounded in the truth in Christ Jesus. And everybody say, Palapakanat. Yeah.